Tampa Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Calls 312-332-3776. How many people do you think have trade proposals for us? Oh, I think Everybody. a lot. Yeah, I would try to do a poll question on simply just ask, are you playing with your trade machine? Yeah. Meller's playing with his in there. Meller, you got your trade machine out? Of course, man, always. You, you don't need to twist trade, my arm. You play with your trade machine in public? Yeah. I mean, is it frowned upon at work? I don't think I so. I think that's why we do it here, right? So what did we devise in there, Meller? Like... Well, Trade the number one pick to the Colts for the fourth overall pick next year's one in DeForest Buckner? Correct. Yeah, we're inspired by Chris Ballard, basically letting everybody know he's open for business. I don't know. Like, listen, I don't have the Jimmy Johnson chart or any of that stuff, so I don't well, even you know what Google, the value Google is. Google the Jimmy Johnson nah, chart. it's too much headache. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You could get the Jimmy. I bet you can't follow the Jimmy Johnson chart. Sure I could. Quickly. It's math. Really? You find it, yeah. I don't want to do math. All you do is you add up the value of each pick. Each pick has a certain value. And I think they're, they've sort of... Um, Have the... Animal, oh, yeah. The there's, a newer, there's a newer version. Isn't there yeah. a newer version of the I Jimmy Johnson chart? I think it's Chase Stewart, who uh, a guy sure, from... Of course. I think it's Jimmy Stewart. Yes. Now, I believe he, he uh, devised a chart that a lot, lot more analytically inclined front offices look at as a better... And honestly, if you're a good analytics department i think at this You've point got your own absolutely by the i think way, there's wow. an analytics guy standing next to the head coach helping them with decisions i think it, at the very least you're up in the booth but there are a lot of guys who look like they've got a binder and they've got a math brain standing next to nfl head coaches on the sidelines these days so I tell my kids that's why math is the most important thing you can get jobs in sports if you're good at math i'm telling you i bet that there are guys that are standing next to head coaches you know, sign, sure, of course. just split second helping them make decisions. Uh, Jimmy, uh, like the, if you Google, go to Google and you type in Jimmy Johnson and you know how it says uh, it will give you all the different Race options. The first thing that comes up is Jimmy Johnson draft chart. The okay. second thing is Jimmy Johnson, American sports coach. The third thing, what do you think the third thing that comes up? Jimmy, like Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR champion. You're close. Jimmy Johnson racer is like sixth. I think if you go Jimmy John, you get Jimmy John's third or fourth. No, the, uh, Jimmy Johnson is. Uh, so I didn't go Jimmy John. Jimmy Johnson net worth is uh, third. Jimmy Johnson book is fourth. What about Jimmy Johnson extends? Because he, he was a big uh, endorser of those, right? Extends? Yeah. Hair extensions? No. You, know, you don't remember this? The Jimmy no. Johnson extends commercials? What are the extends? What are we doing with extends? What's it? The, help us uh, remember when Mike Dicka was uh, pumping uh, Viagra? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jimmy, really? Jimmy Johnson he had was, his own. Jimmy Johnson was at the forefront of uh, that. Yeah, it's a pretty funny commercial. I think. Was uh, how I, about that extends? Was was Ditka Cialis or was he Viagra? Oh, you're right. I think, I think you're right. Was Cialis. Cialis. You're right. Yeah, my bad. Well, you you gotta yeah. It was everything Ditka? I'm just not. I'm not willing to invest in the math. Just yet. It's January. When we get closer to April, maybe I'll read the Jimmy Johnson chart. That, that's right. That's what it was. Jimmy Johnson, the Cowboys head coach, dressed up as a NASCAR driver to pub the 
um, extends. extends. Okay. You don't no, seem interested. You, but no, I'm not. Uh, Waddle, you you have to get the you have to get the value chart if you okay, want to play. All right. But if you want to play with your trade machine, you have to get the value chart. Waddle expensed his uh, thinking last week on the AFC playoff scenarios, so he needs like a week off. Yeah, really? Like, really? like, like on yeah. Tuesday, oh. like there was a brain teaser, and I was like. Didn't we call it? We call a timeout on brain thought for the remainder of the week. Yeah, we cut off thinking for the no rest thinking. of the show. Yeah, for f- like three days. Are we still? Are, are there still possibilities of there to be a, a AFC championship game with the neutral site? Oh yeah, yeah. So do we know where the neutral site can be? Yeah, mm, it's not going to be. Are we loop. in play? <laughs> I hope Would the, the new and improved Soldier yeah. Field. Can we build? Can we that get that before? Are we my guess, my money would be on on Indianapolis before no, they declined they it. They said no. They oh, declined really? it. Yeah, I said yeah. They, really? They did. After we talked about it on Friday, like Friday night, How they about declined. Detroit? Well, they're busy. Well, look, look, Detroit? Kansas City, yeah. Kansas City is to our west, Cincinnati is to our uh, to our to east. southeast. Yeah, yeah, so why not Chicago? They're both outdoor our place stadiums. Sucks. Have you well, seen but Soldier awful. Field. I get it. Well, but it's, it's a neutral site. It's not like we're going to get a neutral site. It's, well, it's, it's a metro- metropolis with hotels. I think they want to be indoors. They want to show. They're two outdoor stadiums because they want to show off Mahomes and Allen or Burrow. Hmm. All right, back to the Bears. Eberflus was asked any changes to his coaching staff. Uh, you know, as I said after the game, you know, I'm going to meet with those guys here shortly. Uh, each one of them. Um, and uh, we'll evaluate everything as we go. Um, but, uh, again, it's the NFL. A lot of things move. A lot of things change. A lot of things adjust. So uh, we'll address that when we get there. Doesn't sound like a guy who's keeping everybody, does it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, it sounds like he's open for, for business, sure, that he, he may be open for change. You for like, sure. like, like If you're keeping everyone, you say, yeah, I, lo- I, yeah. I like my staff. Like, that, to me, sounded like, hey, stay tuned. I wonder if when he was assembling his his coaching staff, whether or not he got all the guys he wanted to get or certain guys couldn't weren't available. Sure. So maybe there will be some tweaks. I like his offensive coordinator. I don't know as much about his defense coordinator. Like, you know what's interesting? I'll give you a couple of things, and then we'll get to these calls. Frank Reich was his head coach in Indianapolis. Yeah. Frank Reich is an offensive mind who has worked with quarterbacks, was a quarterback himself. Now, I'm not saying to replace Luke Getze. I'm talking about an assistant head coach. I don't know what Frank Reich's possibilities are. Frank Reich was the head coach. Matt Eberflus was his D coordinator. Does he find a spot for Frank Reich on his staff? I, I don't know. It's a good question. Fired? It's a good question. Maybe he wants to be an offensive uh, uh, consultant. I think they like the OC, and I think they really like the quarterback coach. I think they really like their offensive line coach too. I think his name's sure. Chris Morgan. But but like you could a, find a spot for assistant him. head coach. Um, you could. I, use... I mean, do you find too many cooks in your kitchen though? Like we had that problem here with the previous group. Like who's going to call plays? It's Thank Chili, you. then it's Matt, then it's Laser, then it's Flip, and none of them were good. Um, and then and then and then call me a meathead, and maybe I'm drinking the Lovey Kool Aid after he won. <laughs> I don't like Allen Williams. I don't think Allen Williams was a successful defensive coordinator with the Vikings. I don't think he's good now. Eberflus runs a takeaway cover two form of a defense, much like Lovey did. Eberflus has a good relationship with Rod Marinelli. They work together in Dallas. 
He wanted to bring Rod Marinelli here. Rod wanted the year off. Why not hire Levy Smith to be your DC and bring Rod Marinelli onto your defensive staff? Am I, am I crazy? I mean, I've heard and, worse. I've heard worse suggestions. I, that's not an outrageous suggestion. They both run this takeaway cover two scheme. They value the takeaways. Uh, Lovey needs a job. Would Lovey come back here? Is that is that a, too tough of a pill to swallow? Gunther Cunningham once was the head coach of the Chiefs. Later accepted the defensive coordinator job of the Chiefs years later. Would he come back to be the D.C. of the Bears? Or is his time passed? I don't know. It's a good question. Don't have a good answer for you. Uh, I know he does. I, listen, I know Eberflus does have a connection to Allen Williams. They were in Indianapolis together for several years. But, um, you know, Lovey, Lovey did good things with that defense. Rod Marinelli is a guy that both of those guys trust. I don't yeah, know. Like, I don't, I don't like know. A, just a thought. Just, while, while I've got... Thumbs up on Lovey after two days ago, him winning. Um, I, I like. I was just. I was just thinking about that. Like, I'm not a big Ellen Williams fan. Uh, Sean on the South Side here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, uh, good talking to you. I just wanted to chime in on a couple of things. First thing is um, concerning uh, Paul's reaction um, as far as with Justin. Um, I think what Paul is doing is. He knows that 30 other GMs in the NFL are fully aware that Justin is, is an exceptional talent. And he, he has a lot going for him. And these teams would pretty much know that Pose was bluffing if he would have came out today and said, hey, we're, you know, we may trade him or what have you. Most teams would love to have Justin. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is I, I do agree with you guys. Justin does have room for improvement. Uh, with some of his passing, but I want us to remember, and, and I know you guys watch the games like I do. I don't go to bars to look at the game. I watch the game. That being said, we've seen game after game after game this year where Justin put the ball right in guys' hands at the end of games, um, during the games, during um, situations where third and long where it could have extended drives. We've seen tons of drop by receivers uh, this season. So if those um, passes were caught, we're looking at higher higher percentage, completion percentage. We're looking at more yardage, and we're looking at less. Um, um, we're looking at less criticism of Justin as a pass. Again, I, I do realize that he has room for improvement, but this guy is special, man. And I'm, I'm always conservative about players. I've been that way since I started uh, as a Bears fan uh, watching uh, Walter Payton in his early years. And and year after year, I watch. I'm conservative about players, but brothers, I think we have something special. I think this this kid, Justin Fields, is to Chicago what Walter Payton was, what Jordan was, what uh, Ryan Sandberg was, what Derrick Rose was. We have a special talent. And I think other GMs, would have known that Poles was full of crap. He would have came out saying that he would trade um, Justin. So I, I hang up, listen to you guys, and uh, get, get your uh, get your thoughts on. Thanks a lot. Bye. Um, thanks for the call. I you 
I think the consensus is that this hasn't been a very good receiving group. I think that's fair to say. I think that's being kind. Do you realize that they have only the Falcons had fewer dropped passes this year than the Bears? The stats I'm looking at says the Bears only dropped 12 balls this year compared to the Bucks who dropped 29. Falcons had the fewest drops this year at nine. That seems like a stat that, that that's a surprising stat to me. Um, so, I mean, just to respond to his call, if you add in the caught passes. Like how many thrown, though? Like, yeah, like, like attempts to. Yeah, I, I mean, look, if you're better protected and you have better receivers, your quarterback's passing statistics are going to be better. That's just, I mean, the, the, that's the most basic and simple way to say it. Were they, were they one of the least attempted? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so then the drops would be the... Yeah, but be, like, I, I, if you catch all of those balls that are dropped, that's nine more completions on the season, or 12 more completions on the season. Um, I just don't know that drop passes is going to be the one stat that's going to vault us from 130 passing yards per game to middle of the pack. I mean, it's it's a bigger picture than that. If you want to say that with better talent on the edge and better protection, there's definitely going to be improvement. I'm buying you all day long. I just don't think you look at this year and you suggest, suggest the drop passes were the significant difference between us being the worst passing team in the league and being one so of the top. Better, better yeah. wide be receivers. Just be better yeah, overall. Yeah. Jesse in Arizona, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jess? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're good. No, I. my main question was for uh, Waddle. As a wide receiver, if you were on this Bears team, would you look at, at it as a situation where you trust Fields and his potential, or would you look at it in a way of that maybe you would take a shot on drafting a guy like Bryce Young or you know one of the quarterbacks? I mean, I think he's the only guy you'd have a shot at that we would take, or would your main focus be like, yeah, based on what you have seen, you've been in the league, you're a wideout. Would you take? Would you put all your trust in the fields at this point? If that I was, was a wide point. receiver on that team, my my first emotion would be I'd have sympathy for the quarterback because he was getting his ass kicked every Sunday. So, um, I, I look, I wouldn't steer away from them for what reason? I wouldn't steer away. I mean, it, it, listen, I, this this team struggled to throw the football for a number of reasons. If your overall question is, are wide receivers going to be reluctant to come to Chicago? My first answer, without hesitation, is no. They're not going to be hesitant to come here. For what reason? Like, if we got a ton of money, right? Like, most guys, are, you only got a short period of time to play this game. The average career is less than four years. So in free agency, yeah, it's fit. If you're, if you're an established receiver, you've got more choices. If you're not really an established receiver, you know what's most attractive to you? Is the best contract. Yes. Yeah, Our team has the, co- the the capacity to give you a great contract. Like that is, that, I mean, would I rather go to Tampa where they throw it 700 times a, a game? Maybe you may get some stats, but I may get paid more to go to Chicago. So I got to make a decision, a financial decision. The, the moral of my story is, is I don't believe that this is an unattractive landing spot for a wide receiver. I've heard people say that. Well, again, like I, I don't think the best wide receivers will be available. In no, free I don't agency. think they will either. Like I, again, I think if you want that prime wide receiver, you got to trade for him. Yeah. If you want him, you're going to trade for him, just like AJ Brown was traded for, Tyree Kill was traded for. 
That's how you're going to get him, or you're going to draft one. Listen, if you're open, you, you run your him. routes, and you beat your corner, Justin's going to throw you the football. That's, that's what quarterbacks right. do. Right. Like, if you do your job, the quarterback, if he's protected, is going to throw you the football. Right. So I'm just not buying the blanket statement that receivers are going to be reluctant to come here because we don't throw it. No. Because our quarterback runs it, we don't throw it. We throw it fewer times than everyone else. I think that's that's a product of the environment in this year and the circumstances that existed with this team. And you have to be able to see that next year should be significantly different. Yep. Uh, let's go to Alan Lamont. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Al? Happy New Year. Um, I'm going to play the stupid trade machine because I think it's realistic. Here's my scenario. I know we could talk about it for a few months, but you trade to Houston, you get their uh, two first-round picks this year and a second. Then you trade that second pick. I don't. I don't want to trade with Indy. I want to trade with Vegas for their first rounder and Devonte Adams in a second rounder. Now you have a ton of picks. You got a star receiver, and then you can fill other gaps. I I know it sounds stupid. We're playing draft day right now, but I think it's an option. Al, you think Houston is going to give up? What is it that the two and the the twelve or the two and the four? What 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 do they have? Two yeah. and twelve. Two and two 12. and twelve to move up one spot. Yeah, because they just heard Indy is uh, going to move heaven and earth to get that number one pick. They may have now to. you got you got to play the teams against themselves against each other. I get that. It's I, a negotiation. I, I, I don't think they're giving you two twelve and then a what did he say a second rounder two. Oh boy, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're. I think you're going to go blind. <laughs> I don't think Ryan Pace would make that trade. <laughs> That's right. I meant Pace. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I mean, you may you may be able to go from one to two and get like next year's first round pick, no, or a second or a third. This this is where I don't know. I don't have the trade sheet on me. I don't have the. the this the, is why you need to yeah, get you need to get it. It's January, for Christ's sake. But if you're going to play, like, let me pull this up already. All right. Yeah, it's like playing the trade game. It's the Texans. People call it in with it. So the the Bears pick is worth 3,000 points. Do I have this right? 3,000 points. What's the second pick in the 12th pick? If you add those together. I've got pro football references chart. Okay. Okay. Okay, So how many many points? 3,000. Okay. So what is number two and number 12? 2,600 for number two. Okay. What's 12? 12 is 1,200. Okay, so that's 3,800 versus 3,000. That's not an equitable trade. Not equitable. What about the the second pick in the second round? Let me, uh, let me. So it would be 2,600 plus. I got to find, I only got the first round here. Okay, well then. Now I got to find the whole, the whole draft So here's the the difference. So the number one pick's worth 3,000 points. The number two pick is worth 2,600 points. It's a 400 point uh, difference. I hope Ryan Poles is a lot more buttoned up on the phone than Sylvia is. If he's making (laughs) trades. Uh, Hold on, I don't got a chart here. Hold on. I got a first round chart. Ian! We got to print all Give me this that up. Chart. It's we, like I'm taking got, I'm taking interviews in uh, Tennessee in Arizona. Sorry, we got to get this laminated. We got to do it all. We got to get our tools together. Yeah. Let's go to Tom in Oaklawn. You're on ESPN. Tom, you got 1000. a chart? Uh, I I do, and I'm and I'm making sure I'm taking I'm taking into consideration interest and inflation and. Carrying the one and making sure the decimal point is in the right place. And Talk to Zetterman about that. Like that. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> so, Inside joke. Go but, on, um, uh, like, I've already, 
I've already gone through 30-something mock draft simulators. And all right, hold, hold, on one second. Hold, hold on one second. You're going to be exhausted. Tom, hold on one second. All right, so I've got, oh, yeah. I've got another chart in front of me. So Houston's 33rd pick, the second-round pick. Yeah. Is worth 580 points. Okay, so, so now you you got 3,180 points for a 3,000. That's a premium. I think that's equitable. So you're talking about the number two pick and, and the number 33. 33. Number 33. Okay. That's that's more in the ballpark. So you would go the second overall pick and the 33rd for the first. For 500 how many points? 580. 580. So that's 3,180 points. So the Bears have a pick number one overall that's worth three thousand yeah, points. See, you got to pay a premium. That's so, not big premium. One hundred eighty points isn't a huge premium. We need Brandon Cooks too. Done because we look. He he. You have to pay a salary. Yeah, he he costs a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Done. Okay, go ahead, Tom. All right. Uh, do you know how many points maybe uh, first round for next year would be because. My thought is, Future if you chart. can pull, you could pull out uh, a trade to get a first rounder for next year. Then that way, you can package that pick. So then that, so then if Fields does develop, you'd feel com- confident in him. Then maybe you package the pick. You try to trade up to get like a Marvin Harrison Jr. next oh, year's draft. Well, now I got all tingly, Tom. Course. Now you know what. Now I. I just got dizzy and I almost passed out. But you don't know yeah. who's going to be drafting I where don't next care. year. When you say Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. and the possibility of him wearing a Bears uniform, I just peed myself. I, I, that's yeah. why we wish we could draft and stash. Like the old <laughs> NBA. Where we can draft him this year and just stash him for next year. Of course, of course, it feels isn't the guy. Then you could start over and get either a yeah. uh, package up to try to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or a... Um, Michael Penix Jr. or somebody like that and just start the clock over. Well, so. honestly, Tom, and thanks for the call. Um, that's where I think the most prudent approach lies. If you just factor out emotion, it makes more sense. Like, just if you're playing the worst-case scenario game, to me, you 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 don't make you you save the ability to make a decision on your quarterback after year three, and you still have bullets in the chamber so to speak you still have assets to move if you do this correctly and hopefully you don't have to revisit that concept because he develops in the manner in which you expect and you hope but at the very least what was the problem we had with mitch and and i i swear to you i i saw i I, you know i was gonna before you said that which was appropriate i was going to apologize for even invoking his name but the problem was you couldn't get out of there because you didn't have cap space because you made the deal for Khalil Mack and you gave yeah. up all your draft picks. You had no flexibility. You play your cards right. Not only can you build with Justin in 2023, but if for whatever reason it doesn't go the manner in which you, you want and you do have to make your decision about a quarterback going into his fourth year because of the fifth year issue, now you still got powder left. So Boys. to me, the most prudent approach is, is the one we just discussed. I what? just I just found another draft chart. Oh, the the Rich Hill draft value chart. That's the right. Lefty pitcher? Oh, he's the got crafty it. lefty? Good old Dick Mountain got himself a draft chart, boys. Dick Mountain. That's a great rotisserie baseball team name, isn't it? Dick That's Mountain. his nickname. It's the best nickname in baseball. It is. It really is. It's awesome. Yeah, he says the uh, first pick's worth a thousand points. 
Wait, wait a minute. He's going with a new age point new value. Total? A new value. Yep. New value chart? Yep. Now, now my head's spinning. So how much is the second pick worth if the first pick is worth 1000 10000 717.17. Well, now we're using the See, decimals. This is, yes. Now, this is why I Shut said to you, thinking. I don't want to do this right now. I like, no, you got to do it. I like the 3000 I, I, I'm a conventional guy. Three thousand point total for pick one. Twenty six hundred. Conventional. That's BS. You just don't want to. Con, you don't want to consider another chart now because your brain can have his own point total. Right. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Waddle will give us the oh. big stories of the day, and we'll continue to take your phone calls on what you heard from Ryan Poles, and then Camp Miss Radio continues with Barstool Big Cat at four o'clock. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. And he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash finance member FDIC. Uh, did you watch the Bulls game last night? Dead. Did you watch the Bulls game instead of the national championship game? Right, so when I, when, I, when I came home... Um, was eating dinner, and we put the Bulls game on. By the way, the game, the, the national championship game started earlier than it normal, was, didn't it? It was early. I was expecting like an 8 o'clock start. Yeah. So we had the Bulls game on. It was one TV because we got the one TV system. The three TVs are downstairs. And and then I, I, I went to go look to see what the score was of the college football game. And it was already like 35 to 7 or whatever it was. Yeah, and I was, was not- like you, I was surprised it was already in the yeah. second quarter, whenever it was. I ended up not watching a play because it was already a blowout. So I just finished watching the Bulls game. It turned out to be a really good finish. Despite DeMar getting hurt, they competed really well. They came yeah. back a couple different times. Zach had another really good game. Did not shoot the ball nearly as well as he has in the past. It had a nice fourth quarter. Yeah. But uh, they came up short against the Celtics. What were they, 2-2 two and two this year so far? Yeah. Against the Celtics? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think the the, uh, the news coming out of that game was DeMar has a quad. Quad. He got a quad. Quad injury. He got a quad. Uh, so, yeah, if you did, in fact, watch the uh, national championship game, uh, it was not – there was no drama. Uh, Stetson Bennett threw for 304 yards and four touchdowns. I guess he played better. I think Kirby Smart was suggesting after their semifinal game that for them to advance and, and get to where they needed to go, Stetson needed to be better. He's he coaching was, him up even after a big win yeah. over Ohio State. Boy, he's got some catchphrases, doesn't he? Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. a couple of these? I, I just he He's one of those guys when he talks, you kind of smile. Yeah. He, like... I heard him leaving the building yesterday talking about, you know, it's hunting season. Yeah. And there's only, uh, there's only one more day of hunting. Yeah. So we got to make sure we do some hunting today. Yeah. And then the other thing, do you know their motto is, like, 
We got to we got to continue to want to eat off the floor. Have you heard that one? I have not. I no. did not. Tyler, did are you they, know that are one? Are they cleaning their uh, sweep in the locker one. room as well? What's that? Is there any sweeping of the locker room? Sweep the shed? Yeah. No, it was, they got it, like, it's it's this desire and this want. I think it's about, like, not getting too fat and happy. Yeah. That they've got to want to eat off the floor. Okay. You got, like, are you an eat off the floor guy? Uh, it used to be when I was younger. Now, if I drop something on the floor, I just, I let it go. Five second rule? Depends on what it is. Depends on what it is. If it's a cracker, no, you can keep it. It's a nice slice of pizza. I'm going to go for it. Okay. Uh, but it depends. I believe the Bulldogs are the favorite for next year's national championship as well, right? That is correct. No three-time, no, no uh, three in a row. Am I correct about that as well? I don't think there's ever been a three in a row. They are the undisputed kings of college football. At the, you know, I mean, like, look, I like Alabama, and I think Alabama had their best recruiting class ever. Did you right? see Nick Saban yesterday on the yeah. set? Yeah. Yeah. His soul left his body. Listen, David Pollock was just speaking the truth, right? I mean, David Pollock's a, is a bulldog, too. He's a Georgia, yeah, he is. Georgia mm-hmm. grad. Look, the, the Bulldogs have been the best team in college football. I'm not counting out uh, Saban. No, no. Listen, I, I can't wait. When is the when is the playoff get put in place? Is it next year or is it a year from now? I think now? it's a year from now. I don't think it's or this upcoming year. a year from year. this next season. Right. Like, Danny Zetterman was sitting in the office in the pre-show fistfight telling us how much he hates college football. And I get it. This game was a snoozer, 65-7. But the semifinal games were probably, like, that was the, the most entertaining and dramatic Saturday of college football I've seen maybe ever. It was the best semifinal they've had. Now The two games combined? The opposite has usually been the case, right? That the semifinals have been blowouts. Yes. And then the finals have been yes. more competitive. Yes. This was the opposite. Yes. But both both semifinal games were great. How about that the Georgia had... Did they have five defensive players drafted in the first round last year's draft? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, it was something stupid. And then... Five... And people thought Jalen Carter was the best one, even with those five guys. The, the, like the three technique was, that's coming out this year? Yeah. And wasn't there another kid that wasn't in uniform, like the leader of their defense, number four, I think, who's yeah, been hurt? I know, yeah, I know who you're talking My about. God. Mm-hmm. They don't rebuild, they reload. And when they do, look out. I thought it was a, a glorious college football season. I love college football, but oh. I thought this season was really good. You uh, Jerry, love college football. I, I do didn't like know that you Yeah, love I do love college football. football. I do. Uh, Jerry Jones says Mike McCarthy's job's not at stake. Do you believe him? We talked about this with Carmen the Good believe Kid. Him. I don't either. Uh, he's I either... think Jerry Jones says whatever the hell he wants on his radio show. It doesn't hold himself accountable for anything because it's his radio show. We get to suck on that all week. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get old. Mike McCarthy's gone if they lose. I would think so. Either that or he's crazy to keep him. Counterpoint, though. He stuck with Jason Garrett for a long time. Boy, you know what? Jason Garrett may be the nicest human being on the planet. I don't know because I don't know him. And he certainly doesn't let you know via the NBC uh, pre and post point game. Is, is, what I, do you mean? He has. He looks like a deer in the headlights every time he's on he's camera. Got, he's got this 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 ear to ear grin on his face at all times. You could give him the most horrible news in the world, and you couldn't get the smile off his face. It's just like it's TV. It's TV smile. It's like a, I'm not. He may again. He may be the most jovial guy on the planet, but like you can't smile for that long. Why, why, why not? 
It's he's, impossible. He's happy he's on TV. I'm happy I'm on TV. He, lost, he tried to get the Stanford job, by the way. He did not get that Stanford job. Maybe he wasn't smiley enough. They've probably been watching the NBC Football Night in America show. And they're like, eh. Hey, Matt LaFleur is open to Nathaniel Hackett coming back to the Packers. Yeah, why not? He was a good assistant. And didn't Rodgers love Hackett? I think so. Maybe that will bring Aaron Rodgers back. I'm sure Big Cat's got some good thoughts on oh, Packer football. Oh, can't wait. Four o'clock. Uh, the Dolphins, I uh, expect more clarity on uh, Tua this week, later this week. Uh, not sure he's going to play. If they run out Skylar Thompson, with no disrespect meant to Skylar Thompson, against the Buffalo Bills, I think the Dolphins should just cancel that game and don't go to Buffalo. I did see, though, Bridgewater practice today. Okay, he's got a finger, right? Yeah. He's got a finger. Broken finger, I think, yeah. <laughs> of course, that's what I mean. Well, Wani, Wani was the guy who coined all this, right? Oh. Where, where, oh. Instead uh, of saying he's got an injured finger, Wani. he's got a quad, Wani. he's got a finger. Wani was the NHL injury report before the NHL injury report became the NHL injury report. Was he? Because he, yeah. he got lower body. Oh, he's got a lower body. He didn't say an injury. He would just always say he's got a knee. He's got a quad. He's got a finger. Right. Kind of like how That's you say it That's kind of like lower body, right? I got a lower body. He's got a lower body. How about this? Uh, Carlos Correa has signed a third contract. <laughs> Is this one going to get finalized? I have Is no it idea. finalized with the Twins? It says here that Carlos Correa is finalizing a $200 million deal with the Twins. A deal pending to physical, which has been a little <laughs> bit of an issue in the previous two stops. Should they not report anything until the physical? It includes a vesting option for four years and $70 million and will become official if he passes a medical He's review. got an ankle. I saw John Heyman tweeted that uh, he's he passed the major portion of the physical, whatever that means. He signed almost he had a, a heartbeat. He was conscious. <laughs> there was a pulse. He signed almost a billion dollars worth of contract this offseason. <laughs> okay, to that point, Tyler, he, he agreed December 13th to a $350 million 13-year contract with the Giants, who called it off over concerns with his surgically repaired right leg. He later agreed to a $315 million 12-year deal with the Mets, who also had concerns about his leg. After weeks of discussion to salvage that deal, talks with New York broke down. Correa has signed a deal with the Twins. My my surprise came when the Mets just didn't say, don't care, just sign it. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Like, because they've got that kind of FU money, don't they? They do. But again, like I said before, and I was reading Twitter yesterday, like, don't the Mets just now have even more money to spend on Otani next year? Probably true. Like, they had the Fair. money anyway, but Fair. now they have $315 million dollars less commitment when Otani becomes available. Dodgers and Mets fight it out. The richest deal ever. I still don't believe that what do I know, but I don't believe had the Correa deal gone through with the Mets that that means that they wouldn't have yeah, they probably would have top baller for o- no, right. You know, for Otani anyway. Should the Cubs have swooped in and gotten the dream deal of or the of White Cur- Sox? How about oh, the White well, Sox? Well, remember the dream deal of getting both Right. Both shortstops. Yes. Wasn't that the dream deal to I begin with? it was. Yeah, it was floated. I remember that. Listen, so he has set precedent. He can tell the new team no. He could move on to a fourth option. Why not? 
By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not because we were talking about your trade machine with the Houston Texans. Brandon Cooks has already said he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. So when you said that it was going the Bears could trade the first pick for the second pick, the 32nd pick, and Brandon Cooks. Well, I mean, aren't we a part? Aren't we a rebuild? The Bears are a rebuild. If he says he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, he's coming to a rebuild. How dare you call what's going on here in Chicago a rebuild? This is, this is the smack dab in the middle of a rebuild. Maybe I this is a more attractive rebuild I don't than want to the play rebuild for the, going on in Houston. I don't want to play for the team with the number two overall pick. I want, I want to play, play for the, the team, team with the number yes. one overall pick. Listen, they're rebuilding their, their front office as well. We are not We're less we, dysfunctional. We, I was going to say, we are not the the standard bearer, if that's the correct term, for stability for NFL franchises here. But Houston, you have a problem. And, and according to Yurko, we're getting Kevin Warren by yes. the end of the week. Brandon Cooks uh, made a ridiculous catch along the sidelines that helped the Texans win that game. So, Cooks, lovey, Chicago. Let's go. Let Brandon Cooks. Okay, that was a little too much. You would be the best receiver instantly on the roster. Oh, no doubt. Yes, no question. I mean, I, I think the hope is Darnell Mooney can, can, can be. Cooks has got like what six eleven hundred yard uh, receiving seasons. We were we were reminding ourselves that he had such a great start to his career in New Orleans. How many teams has he played for? Five or six. He, well, I think four. four. Yeah. yeah, that's four. it. Four. It seems like more. Four, but I think the key is he played in. He played. Remember, he played in two Super Bowls in back-to-back years, and each year, though, he was playing for the losing team. He, he right? Wasn't that the the Rams and the Patriots? Mm-hmm. He played for the Patriots when they lost to the Eagles, and then he played for the Rams when they lost to the Patriots. It's a good factoid. Almost as good as my factoid, football factoid, I brought to you today, Mallard, just out of the blue. Do you realize... In 1992, in the NFL draft, 12-round draft, not a single player that was drafted in the 1992 NFL draft went on to be a Hall of Fame player. What year was Wrap this? your brain around that. 1992. Not a single player that was drafted in 1992 is currently in the National Football League Hall of Fame. But the year you came out, uh, how many? First four of the first five guys are in. Uh, Troy, uh, Barry Sanders... Uh, Derek Thomas and Deion Sanders. Not Tony Tony Mandridge. Not Tony Mandridge. And then Steve Atwater, I think, was like, what, 17th or 18th pick in in the first round that that year? So, like, but just think about that. 1992, the entire draft, you would think that somebody. How many drafts are without a Hall of Famer? Meller asked me that question. I said, I didn't do the, I didn't do that much research. (laughs) I know that there was some of the other ones. No doubt. Yes. I mean, I, I didn't go through. Sure. I didn't go through. Like, the, the point. Oof. Do you know who was the number one pick in that draft, the 92 draft? The 1992 draft. I'll give you a hint. The Colts had the top two picks in that draft. Steve Entman. Yes. yes. That's a good call. Defensive end, Steve Entman, and uh, Quentin Coyrot, uh, the linebacker. I one, two. remember him. Okay, Awful. by the way, when we come back, a story about a frost, a royal Frostbitten penis. Oh, is this uh, Prince Harry? I don't know. I don't know. When we come back, a story about a royal frostbitten penis. 
follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Okay. One of Prince Harry's startling uh, revelations in his new memoir, Spare, includes the reveal that his... I didn't know that this was a term for your penis. Your togger? T-O-D-G-E-R, Meller? Any, uh, can you add any clarity to that? Is that Todger? Yeah, I was say, or Togger? Yeah, I would think it would be Todger. Todger? Is that like an English term? Don't know. That they use over there? Not sure. I'm Scottish. So not your Prince Albert, but your Prince Harry? Is that what you're saying? So let's just use the word penis instead, okay? Okay, your royal penis. One of Prince Harry's startling revelations in his new memoir, Spare, includes the reveal that his penis was frostbitten following a March of 2011 expedition to the North Pole. While standing beside his older brother at Westminster Abbey on April 29th, 2011, Harry writes that he was still recovering from the 200-mile Arctic charity walk. During the trip, which raised uh, over $2.3 million for the Walking with the Wounded Foundation, uh, he was joined by four ex-servicemen who were badly wounded in the war in Afghanistan, and their fight was delayed because of cracked ice. Still suffering from the after effects, as he writes how he regaled his nervous brother, their father, King Charles, and, and friends with tales of his trip at a pre-wedding celebration the night before. Says his dad was very interested and sympathetic about the discomfort of his frost-nipped ears and cheeks, he writes in the book, which came out or comes out today. Hey, yeah. mm-hmm. adding that he didn't want to overshare about his penis, which he learned was also frostbitten after he arrived home. While the ears and cheeks were already healing, the penis wasn't. It was becoming more of an issue by the day, he says. Following the wedding, Harry says that he went to the doctor after using Elizabeth Arden cream. Harry also confirms. We get to suck on that all week. I don't think it's necessary to go to the other part. But I just wanted to bring you that attention about what? What are you looking at me for? <laughs> about Prince Harry. Wait, he says he also confirms that he's circumcised in his explosive. <laughs> like you just you know, said. Was it? Yeah. Despite longstanding reports that he's not. Oh, really? No, I'm not interested. The 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 royal family does not. I'm, there's no intrigue for me. None? No. I told you? you we watched the documentary. Well, my wife did, and it about was... About the frozen penis? No, about uh, about them leaving... Leaving the oh, leaving okay. England, going to Canada, then okay. they moved to California, mm-hmm. and all all ever all the um, have not followed it at all. I was, watched shows on television about UFOs. Was Meghan Markle's the, father was this the Netflix series they just yes, dropped? Yes. Okay. Like uh, uh, I told you, she watches a lot of trash TV. My wife, and some of it I can't stand. So the stuff that is watchable, I will watch. I will like. I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. That wasn't bad. Okay. There was, I, I found it, like, there was, like, Meghan Markle's dad was getting paid off by all these, um, uh, these trashy newspapers to, like, pose before her wedding. And then they, like, she doesn't talk to her father anymore. He didn't even attend the wedding. Did you know that? I did not. Again, there's, there's really no appeal for me, personally, to the royal nature of that business. I'm not saying it's not for, you know, whatever. If you're interested in it, I'm sure there is some intrigue involved. 
Look, it's better than watching these new seasons of uh, the the Real Housewives of um, Salt Lake City or Utah, wherever. Oh, really? It is. Yeah, they did. They did this episode about one of the women had a black eye, and and they wouldn't tell who gave her the black eye. That was the mystery. How did well, you get the black seem, eye? That doesn't seem trivial, nor does it seem. Like it's something that they should fool around with. Well, that that was the whole mystery of the whole episode. And then they didn't tell you how she got it. That was the whole point of the episode. Who gave you the black eye? I'm not telling you. And then next week, find out who gave her the black eye. The next episode came on. You think they told you who gave her the black eye? Probably not. No. The hell's the point of the show? Why? Well, I think you could ask that question even without the black eye conversation. What's the heck? What's the point of that show? The worst. You need to start watching the History Channel. Why well, UFO I, stories? I know, but this is like there are times when she. I, there are times when I'm. I get Monday Night Football and I get to watch. But if you're or watching Sunday Night Football, I get Lions and Packers. And there are nights when she gets her Bravo. It's it's look. Are you guys is, having conversations during the shows? So you're basically just sitting in the room, the same room, watching well, this shows is before bed, or like I'll like while she's watching oh, the trash, I'll be on my phone. This is yeah. before bed at ten o'clock. Well, you can always just you know hit your Xfinity could. app and I, yeah, watch it on your phone. I could. All right, that's all I got. Okay, uh, got uh, Barstool Big Cat will join us next.